0: Turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 9. <clears throat> I think Darcy's going to bring it up here. We're going to read a few. Last week we talked about the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer, not just say it, we pray it, right? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be
1: thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And we talked about that. We talked about three areas or elements of the of prayer before uh, our God, and one was respect our Father who art in heaven. He is a holy God, and we've talked about respecting him, but also... The Bible says in Hebrews that we can come confidently before the throne of grace and ask for grace and mercy in our time of need. And so we don't hesitate to come, but we give him honor. We give him glory. And that's something the Spirit will work in our lives. In fact, the things we'll talk about today and in our Christian wall, it will be things that the Spirit begins to work in your life, in my life, and also the life of this church. And so there's respect, right? Our Father, He's our Father. Abba Father, Romans chapter eight talks about that he's our daddy. Abba means daddy. It's real intimate, but yet at the same time, on the other side of that, is that we are respectful of our Father, uh, who art in heaven. The other thing is our focus. We were talking about focus and upon the Lord when we get and we get quiet and still before the Lord, is to put distractions out. First thing we mentioned is that happens when I begin to pray is, is that my phone rings almost inevitably. Or there's something that comes to my mind that I feel like that I need to do. And sometimes, you know, I, I unintentionally or intentionally, I'll get up and I'll uh, take notice of that or maybe answer the phone, finding out that it's a robocall is not worth answering to begin with. And something that, you know, unless it's an absolute emergency, it can wait anyway, can't it? It can flip the voicemail. But distractions that happen, you know why? It's because the devil doesn't want you and me praying. He doesn't want us praying. And just what Kendra is testifying to, what Darcy and uh, Jeremiah are testifying to, is the devil does not want us to pray. He'll do everything he can because there is power released. And Kathy prayed uh, that prayer in Ephesians chapter 3 just earlier today and uh, this morning. And it is power when you pray, don't ever, ever look and minimize the power of prayer that is released when you begin to pray like that. so there was focus, you got to focus and and to remove the distractions, get get alone you know with the Lord, and maybe uh, at a set time when you know that there'll be the least amount of distractions, and also the thing is consistent. Be consistent, be walk with the Lord every day, be consistent in praying and and set that as a habit begins with a habit, but then there's something that you do you enjoy. You'll move into the enjoyment of prayer, okay? And sometimes it takes a habit to move into that time. And, you know, I told you that last week I said it takes a lot of quantity of prayer. I don't just repeat things and so forth to be repeating them, but sometimes it takes the quantity before I can move into the quality. It takes a while to settle down, doesn't it? My mind's racing. There's so many things, you know. It's not like I'm like, super busy and there are a lot of things, but it doesn't make any difference where you are. You may be the CEO of a of a big corporate organization and so forth and all and and all and and you, I'll have more clutter in my mind than maybe that CEO does. It doesn't make any difference. We're human, and it takes that time to get still before the Lord, be still, and know that He is God. Psalm 46:10 talks about. And so we talked about prayer. Today, we want to talk about prayer in another way. I believe that we are going to see an awakening across this land. I believe that there is, as we talked about in Sunday school today, there's more of God than we've experienced. We need the Lord. Our neighbors need the Lord. You know, this church would be packed out just from this immediate community coming to to Lighthouse Fellowship here, teaching and hearing the word of God. This place would be packed out. So many people, you know, are down in Kima and they're, they're going out into the bay with these big boats. Those boats uh, obviously cost more than I've ever made in my whole life. But they're going out there. They're having a good time. Nobody, they're not in church. Listen to the word of God. You and I need to grow in our faith. We need to draw close to the Lord. But yet God gives us a free will. We have to make that choice, don't we? People make the choice to neglect God. But let me tell you, life is fleeting. When I visited with people who were terminally ill and and they had no relationship with Jesus, it was a sad occasion. They didn't know where their loved one had gone once they died and so forth. And they'd always say, Jim, where is, I don't know where my loved one is. But you see, as a believer in Christ, we know where we're going. And when that time comes, whenever it may be, is that we cross over and we'll be in the presence of the Lord forever. And we will know where our loved one is. And we want to see our loved one again but there are many people today They have no relationship with Jesus and they believe because they've been kind of good, they haven't done anything real bad, haven't murdered anybody, they're getting to heaven. And that's a lie the devil has continued to tell them. The only way you and I can get to heaven is a relationship with Jesus Christ and that's inviting him into your life to save you, to forgive you of your sins and be your Lord and your Savior. There's no other way. About the good works, it doesn't do it. We do good works because we love him, but it doesn't save us. A lot of people today are in that particular situation. They're not hearing the word of God. People will tell me certain things and they'll say, yeah, but God said this and that. And I'm going, I don't see where God says that at all. And they say, well, God loves people. How could he send them to hell? He doesn't send us to hell. He actually gives us a choice of whether or not we will follow him and seek him. There's only one way. It has to be through, obviously, that perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. There's no other way. We can't pay the debt ourselves. We're not worthy. But there's one who is worthy, who's worthy to open the seal, to break the seals and to open the scrolls. We see in Revelation only one, and that is the precious Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And he is the one. And so we need to obviously draw close to him in our prayer life. And so we'll look here at Daniel chapter 9. Uh, in the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, Amid by descent Uh, if you'd like to read it with me, join with me, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, he's he's, he's looking at the word of God, according to the word of the Lord, given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. They were in Babylon. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer. He began to pray and petition and in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commandments. We have sinned, done wrong, we've been wicked, and have rebelled, and we've turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we're covered with shame the men of Judah and the people of Jerusalem and all of Israel, both near and far, and all the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. O Lord, we and our kings, our princes, and our fathers are covered with shame and because we have sinned against you. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servant, the prophet. All of Israel has transgressed your law, and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, a servant of God, have been poured out on us, because we have sinned against you, and you have fulfilled the words spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing upon us great disaster under the whole heaven. Nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem, just as it's written in the law of Moses, and all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not sought the favor of the, of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. Amen. May God add blessings to the reading of his word. Verse 13 says it like this. Let me read it from another transmission, uh, translation. As it is written in the law of Moses, all of this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. You know, in the book of James, verse chapter 5, verse 13, listen to this. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Prayer is so powerful. And it's saying here that even though all these troubles have come upon us, yet we have not prayed is what what here uh, Daniel is saying. And then Daniel identifies himself with the people. Now, I don't see anything in the book of Daniel or throughout the Bible that says the negative things against the prophet Daniel. Uh, But, and still, Daniel kind of connects with the people and says, basically, me and my father's house have sinned against you. Now, that would be something that we could do also as we stand in the gap for this nation, as we stand in the gap for our families, as we stand in in the gap for, for all people, even for the church today. We can identify ourselves, even though we may not have committed the exact sin that maybe God is punishing or judging us for, we can say, we have sinned against you. We can identify, just like Daniel did, and we identify, we've sinned against you. You know, many people today, we think, well, what what does that mean? Well, look at this nation and look what's happening to this nation. There is hope on the horizon. We see happening. But let me tell you today, when you look at legislatures who are, again, making laws that allow abortion to take place right up to the birth time, the time that the child is getting ready to be born and, and coming through the birth canal, and even after the child is born, that we can somehow take this child out and, and kill this baby, then we've got issues. You know, they did this back in, in Old Testament times where they sacrificed the children. And basically, it was the same as today because of a matter of convenience. It's because people don't want to raise the baby up and uh and we see that happening uh today i mean we we've got issues there's darkness there you noticed on the tv this morning there was a 3 year old child that was kidnapped evidently by three men and i'm not sure if it where it was it happened or wherever but she was uh kidnapped by three men so somebody must have seen her but this 3 year old child is missing because of that we've got so much child abuse going on in this country today that is sickening to me. So we've got darkness going on. And so we have to work, stand in the gap and, and confess these things before the Lord, because I want to tell you, we need a move of God's spirit, a a move of God's holiness. May I say it like that? A, A move of God's righteousness that he would move across this nation again. And you and I, I believe are being somehow, uh, focused upon whether or not we will make the choice to pray. Daniel prayed. What was happening here is that Israel had rebelled against God. He had turned away from the Lord. And so Daniel began to read the words of Jeremiah, the word of the Lord, and he began to see that God said, I'm going to place you in captivity in exile in Babylon. I'm, I'm casting you out and so forth. And God took care, actually, of his children, pe- his people up there in Babylon, but they were under bondage to the Babylonians. And so Daniel is reading this and saying, oh, 70 years. And he began to calculate, and he said, we've only got a few more years to uh, be able to... Uh, to go through this, and then God's going to release us from this captivity. So what did Daniel do? Did he sit back, and did he celebrate this particular, hey, man, God's getting ready to do it? No, he prayed. And so as we see God move in this country, as we see God begin to change some hearts, because there are things that are happening today, and there are prophetic words that I believe are accurate, that I believe that we can can really be encouraged by and I'll share with you some of those things in a few in this in this message today of uh, what I believe God wants to do in the United States of America. Amen. Don't you have hope for America? Don't you still have hope regardless of how far people have drifted? Don't you have Hope today, although the churches are not fit packed with people. When I was a little boy, man, I church and and I, the church was packed full of people. Mama and Daddy would get us and we we get dressed up and we go into church and and I mean you know they had to put chairs out and so forth. I mean I want to see the day not because of anything that a benefit that I would reap necessarily, but but that people come back into church house. Amen. Amen. That people get into church and hear the word of God. You guys are faithful week after week after week of coming in in here and, and listening, and sometimes I know I ramble on and all, but you're faithful to come in here because, again, it's not about what I say. I prepare, and I hope my delivery is where it's understandable, but ultimately, it's God is going to speak to you. His Spirit speaks to us. He changes us. One day, we'll stand before Him, and I believe God will say, were you faithful with what I've given you. You know, you say, but Lord, I didn't have a whole lot. But he says, were you faithful with what I've given you, no matter how big it was? Were you faithful to serve him? Because see, each one of you in here are, are gifted. Isn't that great? All of you are gifted. You know, I, I know that there are gifts that I have and, and so forth, and I pray that I'll be faithful with the gifts. I'm going to serve the Lord as long as I can, and I know you will too. But don't give up because obviously we're all getting older or whatever's going on in your life. Don't give up. Don't give up hope. Keep serving the Lord. Keep seeking the Lord. Keep asking and 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 just hunkering down with the Lord. And that happens through prayer. And that's what happened here with Daniel. Daniel began to pray. You know, he said, we're here because basically is we didn't pray back then, but he began to pray because our country needs the Lord. We're seeing some things happening even on the national level. There's some things that people are doing as far as our legislatures that I think, have these people lost their minds? The things that they do, you know, we won't get into a whole lot of politics today, but I'm looking at what they're doing. Are they lost their mind and so forth? Let's just do what's right. This is a nation where evidently a lot of people want to come here because they're flooding the southern border. They're coming up here from all over, and they're saying not only are the the Central American people in that group that's coming up from on the southern border, but there are people from Pakistan, there are people from India, from all over the world that's in that group that wants to come in here. God obviously has ordained it that the United States of America be a place where the light of Jesus shines. And I want to see that light shine even greater than what it is, but it takes you and I to pray and to continue to call upon the lay the name of the Lord. I want to say this, you know, you say, Jim, you know, why is it you just keep preaching on prayer? Because I don't see any other answer. I have no other answer because Jesus is the only answer today. It's not about economically, although economically things in this country seem to be a little bit better than than there have been. It's not about unemployment because evidently unemployment numbers are as low as it's been since what, 1969 or whatever. It is a spiritual issue we have here. And prayer is somehow when we connect with the Lord, it makes such a difference. Daniel understood that. And so when we think about, you know, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, you think about it. Well, God's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He could bring about his his will on this earth if he wanted to. Yes, he could. But you know, he's chosen that we partner with him. He's chosen that you and I will come, and and we also will bring about his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And let me tell you, his kingdom in heaven, there isn't any sickness there. There are not any poverty problems. There are not anything else. And yet Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray in the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come and Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So how does that work out, you know? Actually, how that works out is the fact that when God created us, and even from eternity past when he knew you and I would be born and we would step foot and come out and we would be born on this earth is that he gave us a free will. He gave us a choice. You and I have a choice to seek the Lord or not. We have a choice of whether or not we will pray and, and to seek the Lord because I know one thing that God's will is, and that's Second Peter chapter 3 when it says, the, the word says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance and eternal life. The Lord's will is no one perish. That's his will. But will that happen? Then there'll be people who reject the Lord. But his will is that all people will accept Jesus and be born again and be in heaven with the, with him forever throughout eternity. But will that happen? No, it will not. But how does that work in our lives? We partner with the Lord that we bring about his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We witness to people. We share about the goodness of the Lord. But you and I have a free will because there are two things about this decisions he made. He created man in his own image, first of all, And he created man with a free will, the capacity to make moral choices. Animals operate out of a natural instinct. And people have uh, a capacity to rise above that, to hear the voice of God and to obey it. We have a free will. That's one thing that stands out in our relationship. We have a free will of whether or not we will seek the Lord. You had a free will if you're saved here today. You had a free will there as the Spirit of God wooed you and drew you as somehow you uh, bowed your heart and bowed your knees and asked Jesus to come into your life. You had a free will. There are free choices. There are free choices that I make every day. I can go the right way or I can go the wrong way. The same with you. We make that free will. I can pray or else I can uh, just say, well, you know, God's going to have his way here anyway. I'm just going to let things happen. And I believe that's where we are today. If you remember, what was it, 1964, when they took prayer out of school? What did the church do? I don't believe the church stood up to them, stood up to what was happening at that particular time. And because of one lady, I guess, uh, that they removed prayer from school. And I believe statistically you can see from 1964 until today how depravity and darkness and all other things came into this country and was released because why? It's because they took prayer out of school. You used to pray. And I used to pray in school when you were younger. There were, there were prayers. People say today, yeah, but there's so many religions here today that therefore if you give time to, that, to Christianity, you're going to have to give time over here to the other uh, religions and so forth to do those types of things. You know, everybody has an excuse, but the excuse, really the reason is is somehow the church didn't rise up and take authority and say no we're not re- removing prayer from our country that was founded upon judeo christian principles and here we are today so there are choices that were made back then there are choices that are made today there are choices to pray and to seek him because there is something powerfully that takes place there is a warfare that's going on to try to take you and me out unless we pray unless we stave off of it um The book that maybe you want to get, you can get it pretty cheaply. It's by Charles Craft. It says, it's entitled, I Give You Authority. And it would be interesting uh, if anybody here in Darcy talking about that, a good book simply written and also about who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. I Give You Authority by Charles Craft. He's written a lot of books, but that particular book, we actually studied on Wednesday night here. So why doesn't God do something about all the injustice and pain in the world? Well, the answer is he is doing something about it. He's in the process of totally fixing it. One day it's going to be no more tears, no more death, and no more suffering, no more pain, no more of these things at all. But until that time, in the meantime, you and I have a responsibility to pray that his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's very important to know that because it is certainly he, obviously has delegated rulership of the earth to man, Instead of taking that away, He redeems people and He empowers them by His Spirit to assert His will on the earth. Very important. He gives us the power to be able to assert the will of God here on this earth, and you and I, we stand up, not in an obnoxious way, but we stand up for our faith. We, we raise our banner up in society and say, I'm a Christian, Amen. and I'm not going to put up with this. I'm not going to tolerate this because unless you and I push back on this move of liberalism that's moving across this nation, I don't want to turn into a Venezuela. I don't want to turn into a, some type of obsolete country that's not prosperous. God has a plan for the America. And he knows, I believe, that he wants to do that. But just like Daniel, when he saw, hey, we've got a little bit of time, something's happening here, that he calls us, and Daniel began to pray. He began to confess before the Lord, and I believe that's a good start in our lives to confess before the Lord. The bottom line is this, is the will of God is accomplished by the Holy Spirit through human beings. Prayer and other obedient action is an essential part of that. You know, it's a matter of me going to God in prayer, getting the mind of Christ, and asserting the will of God in prayer and doing whatever else God may tell me to do. Prayer is God's chosen way to bring people into partnership with Him and executing His will on earth. Getting the mind of Christ and then being obedient, what God calls us. God speaks. He's still speaking today. Daniel obviously knew that. He he sought the Lord. So what? propels Daniel into this intense time of prayer. He's studying the Word of God. He's studying the writings of Jeremiah there and so forth. And he discovers God's will for his people. Seventy years, and he goes, we've just got a little bit long, a little bit uh, time to before we are, we're released from that captivity. And he began to pray. And so he didn't just sit back and celebrate and do nothing. He began to pray. And you and I, I believe we're called to pray because I believe God is up to something powerful and I believe that God's will is being done here and in, in a way that I, I want to tell you, it's exciting. It is very, very important. The word of the Lord, a prophetic promise is very important here. And Daniel was praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He prays for the will of God to be executed. He prays in such a way as to remove all obstacles to God's will being executed you know, and we're just passively waiting for God's will to be done on earth, then obviously we're going to fall short. You know, we have to be a praying people. And now you go, how can this be? So when we look at how that works out, I'm asking God to do that for us in my life. My prayer life is not what it should be. Maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you feel like everything is fine and this is not convicting to you, and it's okay. God will convict you as he convicts you. It is not a judgmental call upon anybody here. But I'm just saying, if you want a deeper walk with Jesus, if you want a a deeper prayer life with Jesus, I believe the Spirit of God will work it in your heart and my heart and the life of Lighthouse Fellowship. How that will work out, I don't know. But I believe when I'm asking him to show me that he will, I believe that prayer is the answer. And I believe the call of prayer upon the lives of of believers today to take place in what we see happening across this nation today. I believe today that possibly there are some prophetic words about what will take place uh, in the future about the Supreme Court also that some changes will take place in there, to shift the balance of power that's taking place. Some prophetic words, I believe, are accurate, and we need to pray those down because when you get a word from the Lord, it means you start praying even harder. Begin to pray. Maybe God shows you like he did uh, with Daniel in the book of Jeremiah. He said, you know, man, you're gonna, we're, we're, we're getting to the close of that 70 years and we're out of here. Thank God for that, this release. And he began to pray like never before. He began to set his face before the Lord. You and I are seeing that. We're seeing people that I believe are being set free today. There are pockets of revival across this nation. Now revival normally is for a church and we need to be revived here, right? But awakening is across a nation, across a large territory that I believe God desires to do this. Your kingdom come and your will be done
0: on earth as it is in heaven. We pray it here that God's spirit would move. You remember? Uh, I, he, they
1: prayed that the will of God here would would take place. You remember here the story in Exodus 17. I'll read it to you. This is Exodus 17, and it's about Moses and Joshua and uh, Aaron and Hur, H-U-R. Now, Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim, and Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and her went up on the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hand became heavy and so they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat under it, sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And so Joshua defeated the Amalekites and his people with the edge of the sword. What's he saying here? Symbolically, remember we're talking spiritually. Joshua is fighting against the enemies of the Israelites, the Amalekites. They're down in the valley. So Moses said, I'm going to go up on the hill with Aaron and her." And he said, basically, I'm going to pray and I'll lift my hands. And so Moses went up there and his hands were lifted up, but his hands got weary and they began to drop. As long as Moses' hands were lifted up, symbolic of people praying then they won the battle in the valley. Joshua was defeating the Amalekites, but his hands got weary and his hands went down like this. And when his hands went down, then the Amalekites were uh, winning against Joshua. And so Aaron and her, again, symbolic of prayer, lifted Moses' hands up. And when they lifted them up, they defeated the Amalekites. Isn't that great? Symbolic. Of prayer. When you and I are praying, we win. When you and I neglect that, we lose. Basically, we don't lose. We're ultimately going to heaven. But I'm talking about in your daily battles that you fight. You know, what is the word? Uh, um, sin. Uh, prayer will keep you from sin,
0: and sin will keep you from prayer. Prayer will keep you from sin, from, from sinning and sinning
1: will keep you from prayer. You don't want to because when you obviously sin, it's like God turns his back on you. And you know you're ashamed and something, you've said something you shouldn't have said or you did something you shouldn't have done and all, and you've lost the presence of the Lord. You don't feel his presence like you have. Go back and ask him, is there sin in my life? Is there something I should have done that you told me to do? that I'm not doing. Remember the story of Peter and um, he was um, arrested. Let me read this, Acts 12, 5. It says that the people gathered for prayer for Peter's release and they prayed constantly before the Lord for him by the church there and God answered that prayer. Remember, Peter was arrested and the church gathered and they prayed for Peter. And as a result of that, Peter broke out of prison as a result of that prayer group. Praying is powerful, folks. Praying and the enemy, you start praying and watch what happens. I told you, you got a bullseye on your back because the enemy knows that he doesn't want the church praying. The church, he wants the church like it was back in 1964 who didn't stand up to the legislators and say, no, we want prayer in in the schools today so we are where we are. We became uh, lackadaisical. We became lazy. We didn't stand up. We didn't pray. So whatever it is that's going on in your life, pray because it's so important. Prayer is the way that his will gets done on earth as it is in heaven. We know that. Don't, many today are apathetic towards prayer. Because why? It's because nothing you have seen like anything happening. You know, but God acts suddenly. God moves very, very quickly. Remember, and we were talking about in Sunday school, that when Jesus was born, the Romans were taken over, and there, right about the time Jesus was born, of course, Jesus was crucified, but actually, the Romans were crucifying thousands of people. David, we were talking about it, David. They lined them up. In one particular instance, they crucified 2,000 people. I mean, it was a dark time. It looked hopeless. It looked like there was no way out. And what did God do? Galatians chapter 4 said, In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, Jesus Christ, into the world, born of a virgin, to redeem his people from the law. God says, He right at the right time, so don't give up praying. We can't give up. Keep praying for revival. Keep praying for an awakening across this land because you never know when God will break through. God is looking for people who will stand firm on the Word of God and pray. You remember with Billy Graham, such a wonderful evangelist, some of you may have gotten saved under Billy Graham. I listened to Billy Graham, and I was convicted and listened to his messages. Billy Graham always really just spoke a real simple message about, you know, confessing your sin before the Lord and asking Jesus to come into your life. His message was very simple, wasn't it? Was the power, where did the power
0: come from that Billy Graham had? What do you think? From God and through prayer. Through prayer and through God, obviously. Um,
1: I read about his life and how he would do crusades. And I think it was a year before a crusade took place in a particular city. They would have prayer warriors go in that city and they would pray for that whole year for that crusade that would come in that place. And when that place and Billy gave the invitation, y'all seen it in those big stadiums, they were packed out, and people would walk the aisle and give their hearts to Jesus. It was because of people already. Tilling the soil. You know, I'm an old country boy and I was raised and I drove tractors and all and stuff. I always loved that, just the country life and all. But y'all have maybe seen it if you've ever been in on the farm and there's a behind tractors, I love the big John Deere diesel tractors nowadays because they can they can uh have equipment that's huge. They can really till some land. But they call they call these uh particular pieces of equipment that hook on the back of the tractor metal busters. Anybody ever heard that term? They're middle busters. Yes. Yes, and Phil knows. middle busters. And the, and the tractor would get down to end the row, and he'd put that middle bust, those middle busters down on the ground, and when they pulled off, that thing would break that ground up and row, and actually would make rows all the way down. And, of course, equipment I've got now can make like you know 18 rows at one time. Those middle busters just till that soil over. I'm making a spiritual kind of a, a symbolism here. It's kind of like you and I. The soil of our hearts need to be turned over, need to be broken up because we become apathetic. It's very now we're human. We become sort of like sort of uh, a little lazy in our walk. And we need that, that the Holy Spirit to put his middle busters down in our hearts, right? And to turn that soil of our hearts over. So when that that fresh seed of the Word of God comes and falls upon that soil that's been turned over, it will bear forth a lot of fruit. Because if not, if it's still hard, when that seed comes forth, it's kind of like it it just bounces off. And when the wind comes along and all, it blows it away. It doesn't take root. So we need to do that. And so how does that middle busters of, of the Holy Spirit take place? It takes place by prayer. He tills that soul of our hearts and turns that soul over. And prayer is a result of that. You know, we're being prepared, folks. And the question is, are you going to be prepared? Are you going to be ready when when God does what He wants to do because of your prayer life? And ever how that works for you and how God works that out as far as our corporate uh, church here, I'm asking God to do it. He will, because I believe He sees, He knows. You have a willing heart. You and I make a free choice today of whether or not to join him and bring in his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. You and I, we make that choice. I make that choice every day. Whether or not I'm going to put him as a priority in my life or whether or not I'm going to continue on down the same way, I don't want to continue as I am. And I want this country to return to the Lord. I believe there are things that are happening, prophetic words that are taking place. And the same way the prophetic word there in Jeremiah, Daniel looked at it and said, oh, we, we had to stay in captivity for the seven years. God said, I'm going to still take care of you, but I'm going to put you in captivity because you were disobedient to me. And Daniel read, we're almost through with the 70 years. Something great is on the horizon, folks. There's something good. Pray. I pray God's spirit, what's stirred in your heart. And let me give you the prophetic uh, vision that a lady had I'm just going to paraphrase it real simple I believe it is the word of God it is a prophetic word and that is is that she had a vision of the Lord and he, she had a vision of the United States and up above the United States was the Lion of Judah Jesus and the Lion of Judah had his four paws on the four corners of the United States and that good news? In other words, Jesus is still just hovering and ruling over our nation. The four paws of the Lion of Judah had its paws on the four corners of the United States. Believing what she saw was that symbolic of God's spirit moving across this land again. And what she said was, and what she believed, or what she believed God said to her was, is that it is accelerating. IT'S INCREASING. THINGS ARE BEGINNING TO SPEED UP. THERE'S AN ACCELERATION THAT'S TAKING PLACE. SO NO MATTER WHAT YOU AND I SEE, NO MATTER WHAT WE HEAR IN THE NEWS OR READ IN THE NEWSPAPER OR WHEREVER ELSE TODAY, BELIEVE GOD'S WORD. BELIEVE THAT GOD HAS PLANS FOR THE UNITED STATES OF AMERICA, THAT HE HAS NOT CASHED US IN. BELIEVE THAT GOD IS CALLING HIS PEOPLE TO PRAYER. Believe that God is saying, pray like you've never prayed before. Keep praying for those lost loved ones that we know you're in your family and who don't know the Lord or maybe in some way uh, your neighbor that doesn't know the Lord. Somebody, you got plenty to pray for, right? Walk right down the street here. Pray for the kids that are not in church today. Pray for those. I was raised in a church. Thank God I had a foundation that I knew. I was raised in the Baptist church to taught Jesus from the get-go. But there are a lot of kids today. They have no idea who Jesus is. We've had these, this group here, and I'm sure they'll be back. But we have the privilege of being able to share the good news of, of Jesus with these kiddos, and you watch these kids' lives change because they're changing. And that blesses me beyond measure, let me tell you. But they're changing there. But pray because God wants to do that. There are many kids today. They'll never, ever step step foot in in a church. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. They have no idea who Jesus Christ is, and there may be people that you and I know, and we do. They're not in church. They haven't heard the Word of God, and they give no obviously, any type of recognition to God Almighty today. We have an opportunity to obviously to share that. We need to pray. Don't give up. This word today is a word of hope. This word today about the lion of Judah, that vision that lady had, prophetic, of the lion of Judah's got got its four paws, his his four paws on all four corners of the United States. He's still reigning and ruling over this country, no matter how bad the darkness looks, it God Almighty. But what he's doing is calling you and me to call in revival, to call it in, to declare it over this city, over this nation. Pray for pres- the president. Pray for our legislatures. Pray for the Supreme Court. Pray that decisions would be made, would be godly decisions. And I pray that they would be godly people. It may not always be a, a Christian, but that they'll have godly principles. Uh, we pray Christians in, but uh, here in League City, you got—it seems like to me there's election in League City, but every time, you know, the wind blows in a different direction. There's signs up about every other time. I thought, oh, didn't we finish this election here? I don't know how many elections you have here in League City, but I declare it seems like every time you turn around, there's another election. Mm-hmm. Is that true? There's signs out all over the place. It seems
0: like constantly. What's going on down here in League City, Texas? <laughs> Pray for it. Pray. Yeah. When I was on City Council, had one election every three years.
1: I mean, it must be the same. It's the same signs, right, Jim? It's not really another election. They just didn't take the signs <laughs> down. Pray. Isn't it great that you can pray? I just want to encourage you today. This is not a, a condemning thing. We, I, need, I need the Lord to, to stir my prayer life, and I
0: pray that he'll do that for you also. Amen? Amen. Any comments? Any comments? Thank you for your attention, y'all, y'all blessings. I pray your blessings. Daniel prayed. (laughs) You know, he prayed even when they were going to, he was under persecution. They said he prayed three
1: times a day. And he prayed when he saw things happening. I think we need to pray because we see things happening, right? Lots of people, I want a move of God. I want awakening across this land. Um, Because Jesus is the only answer. Economy
0: seems to be a a lot better. different things happening and all, and um, don't mess with my Second Amendment, please. But keep praying. God's moving. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, your truth, and thank you for your presence. We love you. And we praise you. I thank you for each and every person here today. Bless them richly. The privilege I have of sharing before them week after week is. I just thank you and praise you. We ask you to stir
1: in our hearts. What does it mean? How can we participate with you in our prayer life?
0: And how can that work, dear God, in this church corporately? Would you bring that about? Bring about, Lord, uh, the fulfillment of these prophetic
1: words that we believe are happening as you're moving across this nation,
0: as you're doing things, great and mighty things. And dear God, today, bring the children in. Bring the children in, dear God. They need to hear about Jesus. Give our give us hearts for the lost. Give us hearts for those that are down and and downtrodden and broken, and help us to point them to Jesus. I thank you for what you're doing, Lord, and bless your holy name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.